0: So, right now, when you're listening to this, I am on a technology fast. I pre recorded two episodes for you guys, so those should be going up while I'm away. My beloved assistant and friend Kelly is uploading them. I hope that they're going up because if something goes awry, I will not be aware and she won't be able to contact me. So, let's just hope this is going well. It's very hard for me to be away from work for a week because if something goes wrong, I can't troubleshoot. That's a big part of my business is just rolling with the punches and it feels like something always goes wrong. But when you're in charge of your own business, like you, you fix it. It's like that attitude. Like if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. And that's really what it is all the time when you're an entrepreneur. So I'm used to being able to fix things myself if they go wrong, but if they go wrong now, I guess it's just out of my hands. So let's hope you're hearing this. I'm also using a new microphone right now, this headset. I'm not sure if it's working, so let's just hope it is. So I wanted to talk a bit more about this technology fast while I am on it. I'm away. So this this is the only content that will be coming out from me this week while I'm gone and I say it's a week but it's really only five days so I drove I'm talking in a past tense even though this will be future for me I'm actually recording this it's Wednesday right now and this will go up on Monday so I will be driving up to an Airbnb in another town I'm not telling people exactly where I'm going just because you know but I got a little Airbnb right on the beach. And I have been plotting this for some time, and I just looked at my schedule, and I knew I needed to do it in April. And I wanted to do seven days, ideally, but I could only carve five days out of my schedule. And I know a lot of people couldn't do this ever, so I feel very lucky that I have the ability to do this. But it's still going to be tough, and i it's a lot of, like prep before and also after I'm going to have to kick my ass into gear because right when I get back, I'll be going to Paleo FX. If you're going, just come say hi to me. Uh, So I got to kind of just get everything on track. But I was just saying to my friend today, I was saying, this feels like the worst time to be doing this because I'm so busy and so behind on so many things with business right now. But I think that's why it's the best time and part of following your intuition is doing things that don't even logically make sense. So logically, it doesn't make any sense for me to take five days completely off of technology right now because of where things are. But intuitively, I just knew I needed to do this in April and these are the five days I could carve out. So I'm getting it done. And the truth is that there's just never a good time for anything. Honestly, people always wait around for the right time. There's never a right time. The right time is now when you decide so now is my right time. I've done social media detoxes before. You guys know I've done those done those for, you know, a week at a time, do that with the ladies in my Paleo Women Lifestyle program every few months, but I've never taken a technology fast and I don't even know anybody else who has done a technology fast before or at least for like more than a day. But what that means is not only that I'm not on social media, it means that I'm not on my phone. I'm not texting anyone, or calling anybody. I don't have my cell phone. I don't I'm not using the internet at all. So no emails, no Voxers, no nothing on the internet. So I'm not gonna put out any blog posts this week. Um, just podcasts because I'm pre-recording and this those can go up. But other than that, silent. So you know people can't contact me. I can't contact them. And I'm excited. Um, I'm very excited and I've also been thinking, you know, it's been interesting as I announce this to other people what their reactions are because I kind of think that it's going to be harder for other people than it is for me because a lot of people are used to communicating with me often and regularly and... I think, honestly, a lot of people sometimes take me for granted for how on the ball I am with everything and how I'm really there for them when they need me right now, um, right, right now when they need me. And they got to survive without me for a week. So it's a good learning lesson for everybody. And I also think it makes other people feel uncomfortable because, and this has to go with anything, like with health, things in general, why a lot of people get offended when you say how you live because when you're saying something you're doing like say you're not eating gluten and people get really upset they're not eating gluten um when you're saying something about the way you live other people immediately in their heads are thinking about it from their own perspective as if like it's an attack on them why they're not doing it or immediately they think of okay what would my life look like if I did that What would my life look like if I didn't eat gluten? But in this context, you know, I'm telling people what I'm doing and I can tell, like I can see the wheels turning and they're thinking, what would that be like for me to go five days without technology? And most people honestly couldn't do it. Because we are so addicted to technology, and so many people are so dependent on their phones to communicate with people, whether that be social media or not, a lot of people will say, "Well, I'm not. I don't have a problem with social media." Well, maybe you don't have a problem with social media, but are you texting your friends all the time? Are you calling people all the time? Are you looking at pictures all the time? Are on Reddit all the time? What are you doing on your email? A lot of people are addicted to emails. Technology is addictive, and almost everybody I know is glued to some form of tech device in some way or the other. Like my mom on the phone for work, or I have friends who are just texting all the time, other people, it is social media. You know, we all have our thing. I have friends who are just addicted to email, and I definitely feel very tied to technology, but. I actually don't think I have <laughs> as bad a problem with it as other people. Like leaving my phone is very I'm that makes me happy to do. Honestly, um, I'm more stuck with it because I feel like I need to be for work because I need to, you know, be paying attention to what's going on. So I'm really excited, and what my plans are during this technology detox are mostly honestly meditating like that's the main reason why I wanted to do this um I'll probably walk along the beach and you guys this means no television either so no watching tv um I might read a few books I might well I'll bring my journal and maybe write a bit um but I'm not gonna work every other time I've done a social media detox or taking time off I have still done work (laughs) before so I've never just completely like no email no phone or even if it's not work I'm still in communication with people I'm still using technology and I still feel like I'm giving a piece of myself to everybody else all the time and I love being there for people like I love it that's why I do what I do um but I also need time just to be with me and my thoughts and not to feel like and to feel like I can be just selfish with my own thoughts and my own needs for a second and recently I've just been feeling really run down in the sense of like giving so much of my energy to everybody else and I'm like I need to take a step back and like collect my own thoughts and not feel like I have to be there for everyone else all the time right now so that's what I'm taking five days to do and I feel like the first day and the the first one to two days will just be me like clearing things out of my head. So we'll see how that goes. But I mean, what really sparked this was about a month ago. Um, I was just trying to think, figure some things out intuitively. Okay. Obviously this is all going to come back to me and me being woo woo, honestly. Um, so just intuitively and like, knowing that to break through. Okay. So how do I explain this? If you've done Reiki with me before or listened to me talk about that, I also, you know, um, have been tapping into the more intuitive work side of things and get, you know, I get messages and in order to grow that, side of myself and those abilities so to speak I need more silence and space and I need to open myself up to being able to receive um just having kind of a breakthrough in that aspect and so I just know that I need to be able to kind of just meditate for a while and not have any distractions so that's what I'm planning on doing for the next few days is just being with myself and my thoughts in just opening myself up to receiving. I'm sure I'll do a lot of Reiki on myself every day. Um, Got to keep those chakras in balance. Uh, so I'm super excited for what what this holds. And I mean, this topic of digital wellness is what I believe and a lot of um, my friends and colleagues also believe is kind of going to be the biggest next trend so to speak in the health and wellness space. I think a lot of us are already really aware that we need to pay attention to our nutrition and our exercise (laughs) Um, and recently in the past few years more and more people are becoming savvy to the fact that we need to pay attention to our personal care products and using safer skincare and makeup and hand soap and shampoo and conditioner and all those things and paying attention to plastics in the environment and also things like, you know, meditation and journaling and all of that. But the elephant in the room here is that we are all addicted to technology and it's a huge part of our lives. And it's kind of like what I talked about on my NTA podcast about this issue of EMFs and it's kind of something scary that people don't want to talk about because we feel like that's the one thing where, you know, you, you talk about the effects of EMFs on our health and you're like, well, uh, what can I do? And you feel like you feel like there's nothing you can do. And when people feel like that, they want to avoid the topic because it's scary, but we can't avoid it, you know. So a really, really great book on this is Irresistible by Adam Alter. And I really recommend you read it. I used to make fun of Adam Schaefer all the time for talking about this book it's <laughs> like the only book he would ever talk about for a long time and then I read it and I was like wow I see why you're obsessed with this book and I really think everybody needs to read it honestly this should be required reading in schools in my opinion but it's all about addictive technology and how companies have created this technology to be addictive like this is real they know what they're doing and what is social media doing to us what is tech doing to us I'm a little nervous to be quite honest in terms of what's going to happen to generations who just grow up with this from the get-go I mean I got a cell phone in the fifth grade and I feel like I was kind of the in-between generation where I'm very tech savvy and I've been with tech for a long enough time but at least you know my first like 10 years of life I was tech free mostly versus kids now are on their iPads as soon as they know how to use their thumbs I feel like and this is interesting and like what is this doing to our eyes our nervous systems but our emotional health as well and our mental health and a lot of people feel trapped by technology that's for sure and it's a bigger issue I could write a book on it probably not but you know me I could talk about this for a long time so that's kind of what this is all rooted in and I'm super excited to uh, see how I feel afterwards who knows I mean worst case scenario I come back and at least I slept a lot that's another thing I'm planning on doing is sleeping a lot resetting my circadian rhythm which has been quite off to be quite honest and resetting my circadian rhythm sleeping a lot and just at least getting some mental space Best case scenario, I come out, a new woman, and I'm just psychic. I'm just full-on psychic. (laughs) So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Either way, I'm very excited, and I need these five days. I have not taken – I have not, like, actually taken a day off ever, like, completely off, like, nothing. Because even if I take a day off – say there's a day, I don't check my – I check, I have to check my emails pretty much every day. If I don't, then there's still a day I'm posting on social media or even like when I wasn't posting social media on social media detoxes, I would still record a podcast or I'd write an ebook or write blog posts. There's always something and I've never just completely had a day off. And even before I did this as my business, like I was, I always think about this from the time I was in, I mean, starting in high school, you know, any spring break, summer break, I always was in school or working or I, I just have never given myself space. And I think a lot of people in today's day and age are similar. We're always go, go, go. And we need to build space in our lives. We need to build empty space in our lives because that's how you create and how you grow and how you get in touch personally. And the more I become more intuitive and the more space I build for myself, like in the morning and at night, that time is sacred for me. And the more I've gotten in tune, I realize that I need more and more and more silence in my life, more empty space and more me. And that's what I'm doing here. So five days, I'm excited to see how I feel after. And if you have any questions about this little personal experiment going on, let me know. Maybe I'll do a podcast all about what happened, if anything happened, but I'm very excited and I'm very grateful that I can do this because not everyone can just take five days off to literally be technology free. Um, It's been interesting how much resistance I've gotten. Like I think everyone else is more nervous than I am nothing's going to happen to me. I don't need my phone. I'll be okay. But I do think a lot of that resistance is just like them projecting their own fears onto me. But I'm excited. Who knows? If I go crazy, at least I can keep myself company. Okay, moving on. The real topic of today's podcast is the potato diet (laughs) because this has been my life for the last two weeks. I've been super excited to share the results of my experiment and a lot of you have been curious about it. And I think it's been so fascinating and I have a lot to say. So, I mean, I just want to talk all about the potato diet. And some people ask me specific questions. Other people were just like, most people were just saying, can you just talk about, about it? I'm like, you got it. I will talk about it. So, here we go. Let's go back to the beginning of when I decided to start the potato diet and maybe my emotional history with the potato diet. So, if you've been following me for a while, you probably know that I've always been somebody who eats lower carb, high fat, higher protein. Let's just how I have always eaten since I Start eating healthy to begin with. I rolled, I, I, I started eating paleo, um, when I was struggling with gut issues and I had so many gut issues that kind of just to heal those, I went straight into it with a lower carb approach. Um, and I just always stuck, stuck with that. And I had really bad carbohydrate intolerance, all this gut dysbiosis, yada, yada, um, put on a bunch of different protocols, all these things. Whatever. So, I mean, always my ultimate goal, especially since healing my gut um, and working to rebalance my hormones, is just, I mean, metabolic flexibility is the goal, in my opinion. And I wanted to make sure I could work my body up to being able to tolerate carbohydrates so I could have carbohydrates whenever I damn pleased. So, that's what I've been doing the past however many months is slowly amping, amping, amping up my carbs and um, got to a point where I was eating very, very high carb, and a a while back, I'm sure you guys remember, I did the carnivore diet experiment, and I love testing things on myself, like, this is my jam, love it, but there are so many diet experiments that I just, like, could never do because of my gut issues, or just because I already knew going into it that I was going to feel like crap, and I have no interest in doing an experiment that I already know is doomed to fail, and when I did When I did carnivore, originally I was like, I really want to do like two weeks carnivore and then juxtapose that with two weeks of vegan just to like compare and contrast how I felt. But I was like, I already know how I'm going to feel two weeks vegan eating the way I eat right now because in my head I'm like, you know, I was getting over some parasites and I'm like, well, I'll eat two weeks carnivore and then I'll do two weeks vegan. And when I'm eating vegan, I'll be eating like you know, lots of veggies and like nuts and seeds. And I, I've done vegan days like that before. And I was like, I will feel like a pile of shit if I do that. <laughs> um, If I do that, like for two weeks straight, just because nuts and seeds in that quantity just does not jive with my digestion. So, and I just would never feel full. Like satiety is super interesting to me and I have very strange satiety signals, which we can get into in a second. But I just knew I was like, I'll never feel full. I'll just feel like off and feel like horrible because I'm just eating so many nuts and seeds and all the fiber and it was just doomed to fail. So I just did the, the carnivore diet, which I did for two weeks. And if you haven't already listened to my podcast on the carnivore diet, you should definitely listen to that. I will link it in the show notes and I also wrote a blog post about my experience, so if you are more of a reader, you can check out that post. Anyway, so I did that a while back, shared my results, blah, 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 went back to eating. Okay, and now I've ramped up my carbohydrates, this is months later, and here I am now, and getting to a point where I was like, I feel like I'm like low-key on an all-carb diet, and also. I know this is super woo-woo, but it's fine. Basically, how I make almost all my decisions now is just with my intuition and, like, my guides and, like, what I'm told and messages I'm sent. And I was just being told, like, more and more carbs, more and more carbs. So I'm like, wow. At this point, I should just try the potato diet. Like, why not? And if you guys know my friend Brianna DiOrio, she has been on this podcast as well, but she has, like, for the last year and a half, I swear – always tells me like go on the potato diet and I just never even know if she's serious or not she's serious but I'm I was just like I will never go on the potato diet and like you know when I first got into nutrition and health which I think most people do like when you first get into all this you have a paradigm and you stick with it and you're like you're just like in it you're like I'm a I'm a keto person or I'm like a low carb person I'm a I'm a high fat person or I'm a high carb person or I'm a vegan person and you're just like that's your identity and I feel, I mean, and at first I was definitely like that when I first got into all this, but I feel like especially in the last year and a half or so, I let go of that. And I see, especially like the more people you work with, the more people you talk to and the more people I I interview and the more research I do, realizing that there's so many different approaches with nutrition and health in general that, that can work and have interesting results. And I love geeking out over this stuff and researching it. And there are people who the potato diet has worked great for. And if you listened to my podcast last week with Andrew Taylor, he ate potatoes for a year and helped him um, overcome his mental health issues and his food addiction and, his, and it improved his health markers and he lost weight he needed to lose and all these things. And he has a whole tribe of people behind him who feel really great. And then you have all these people who are vegan who claim they feel so great. And then, you know, then it's confusing because you have people who are carnivore who swear that's the way to live and people in between. And it's just all over the place. And everyone wants to preach the way they eat as the way to eat. But th- this bio-individuality thing is it, you guys, like bio-individuality is the thing. And, this is why it's so fun to experiment and figure out what works for your body because what works for your body is not going to work for someone else's body necessarily because we're all different genetically. We're all from different places of the world. We have different genetic SNPs. We have different gut microbiomes and health issues and stress levels and all these things and um, uh, different balances of hormones in our body and different levels of inflammation. All these things play play into... Um, the best diet for us, personalizing nutrition. And that also can it change over time. So maybe the way you you eat now isn't going to work for you in a week or a month or a year or whatever. So all this is that. And I am just like so on board with the fact that there are so many different ways to personalize nutrition. And I want to learn about them all and experience as many as I can, just because I think that personal experience will help me most in order to, to speak to these things, because on some level we can speculate, but you really don't, I mean, you really fully know once you've experienced it, you know, so that's where I'm coming from. And I love this because I think so many people, you know, I would, I've always been like more like the keto train. I was in ketosis, you know mostly for the better half of the last three years and like I've always been the keto high fat low carb kind of person um and I that's why I think it's almost even more powerful coming come this information coming from me I mean not to toot my own horn but just because you know I'm not gonna sit here and be in one camp you know there's merit in different different ways to eat and I'm still a huge fan of keto low carb but I want to explore this high carb thing as well and I think it's awesome because I've done carnivore and done this and I don't I'm sure there's somebody out there I mean I can't be the only person in the world but I don't know anybody else who has done carnivore and potato diet and granted I only did two weeks of both but better than nothing at least I have some side-by-side experience and I'm like also so I just think I'm I know I'm much more in tune with my body than 98% of people. Um, so having that side-by-side comparison, I feel like is super interesting. And most people would never do that because most people who do carnivore are like in the carnivore keto world and like that is their, the way they live and like never getting out of it and like hardcore, that's their nutrition religion. And then most people who are on potato diet or like in the vegan world, like... <laughs> in the freely banana girl world um are just like hardcore like vegan only plants only high carb fat is bad and they're just like so in there and there's not many people who kind of like I mean there are definitely some but who go in between both so my, my point is it's rare to find somebody in my opinion who has tried both yet here I am lucky you that I have a podcast to tell you all the dirty details. So now you know a little bit why I did this. I thought might as well just do the potato diet. I mean, I have nothing, I have nothing to lose here. I want to try it out. I want to compare it to carnivore and I love to experiment on myself. So if you have any future dietary experiments you would like for me to try out, please let me know. I would love to do that. Anyways, let's get into what I was eating exactly. Because I feel like it's very basic, but people are still tripped up. So, I mean, obviously, this is inspired by like my podcast with Andrew Taylor and this general idea. And also, like Chris Kreisler, I was talking about the potato diet. This isn't a new idea necessarily, and people do it in different ways. So, there are some people like Andrew who just did this as like, you know, a whole strict protocol. Uh, He did it for a year, but like, you know, other people do it for 30 days or a month as like a total reset. There are other people who do the potato diet (laughs) I can't even believe okay um I'm sorry just this whole topic like the potato diet like this is a thing I digress anyways there are other people who do the potato diet as like just a reset they'll do it like they'll do a couple days a week only eat potatoes or they'll do like potatoes for breakfast and lunch and then regular dinners and to be honest most people are doing this for like weight loss um Obviously that's not my goal here. So yeah, that was an interesting thing, which we'll get to in a second. But and then any type of potato, as Andrew talked about on that podcast. Honestly, you should listen to that podcast if you haven't already. Um, so you can understand. Like the official potato diet is like any potato, but um and I asked him about this. Technically, sweet potatoes, and I mean I know this. Like botanically, well, now I know this. When I first recorded this with him, I didn't even know this and then I looked into it. But sweet potatoes and potatoes are not even from the same family like they're not potatoes but he allows it on the diet and also other people have done it with sweet potatoes and I just went into this being like I'm gonna do sweet potatoes because I know they do well with my body and I like them they taste good and I wasn't doing this um as strictly as I did carnivore in the sense of, like, when you do carnivore, your body shifts into a completely different metabolic state, and, like, it, it just to add in any other food would just mess up the results, um, because you're not really then carnivore, versus, like, potato diet, other people can add in other foods here and there, and it doesn't really, like, mess up the way that their metabolism works, because you're not flipping into ketosis, um, so i was not doing this it was just for fun for me and like so i had a couple normal meals during it if it like came up so because i wasn't trying to do this to like you know be an issue in my regular life so like during that time i went to the lead conference for beauty counter and i had a meal out um with our whole team we went out to dinner so i just ate a normal meal there um i think i ate I had a normal meal two other times, so I think three times total, Um, and then at the tail end, like actually it was after, after the two weeks were over, I ate normal for like a day because it was my birthday, but then I also had a few extra days before and after, so it was a full two weeks, I just, yeah, but adding those other meals like didn't flip my metabolic state and didn't really affect anything, so I was fine with it and I just didn't want to do this in a like a way that was going to stress me out at all. I was just doing it for fun. So anyways, most people are eating all types of potatoes. I was going for sweet potatoes because I know they're not potatoes, but other people have used sweet potatoes and (laughs) this is why I need to be very clear. It's like I did a version of this, but it's not even the official version because really the main benefits of doing white potatoes or is to get the resistant starch. And that's like the main benefit in terms of associated with weight loss. But because I wasn't trying to lose weight um, and I didn't lose any weight, just if you're wondering, um, uh, because I wasn't worried about that, I wasn't really like too concerned about not getting the resistant starch benefit from because sweet potatoes aren't going to give you that same resistant starch as a potato. So I wasn't really worried about it at all. I just kind of wanted more the experience of like what happens when I'm eating literally like just potatoes, like a potato, like a high carb food. Um, and just one food, you know, I did all different varieties of sweet potatoes. So I did, um, orange sweet potatoes. I did white. Um, I did, uh, purple ones, Japanese, you know, and then in there I started mixing in, uh, regular potatoes. And so the reason why I didn't start with regular potatoes is because I have just always, reacted negatively to them um just it's just been always a food that I know I don't do well with digestively always hurt my stomach this is like not a new thing and I think part of it has to do with like the nightshade issue there um for me I don't know what it is just always been a food that I haven't done well with so I started with sweet potatoes I just want to make sure everything was rolling well and then I started adding in white potatoes and at first I thought it was fine um 'Cause I would have like one. I would have like two regular sweet potato I'd have like two sweet potatoes and then like one regular potato and like, you know, I felt fine. I'd like add it in, but I never really had like a full meal of just all white potatoes. But then when I was in Texas, I was eating mostly white potatoes and I started getting severe stomach pain. Like when I got home I couldn't even walk for a day because I, it just it felt like there was a, a knife inside of my stomach, like stabbing me. Um And I was like, at first I was like, okay, maybe this is the potato thing. Like, but then I realized, okay, what have I changed? And I realized what I changed was I'm eating a bunch of white potatoes. Um, So, and like literally as soon as I took them out, all my stomach pain went away. So it just wasn't working for me to be quite honest. So I went back to eating all of the potato, all the sweet potatoes. This is a slightly different nutritional profile, um, but you know what, same general idea, so we're just gonna roll with it. So eating just potatoes and um, I was still drinking whatever I wanted, so still having tea and I drink a lot of like water with apple cider vinegar and of course my Four Sigmatic elixirs that I have every single day. If you're not familiar with Four Sigmatic, they are on a mission to popularize mushroom consumption, which I'm fully behind that mission. Because the truth is that there is a whole kingdom of mushrooms out there that have a ton of different health benefits that people have been using for centuries. And these mushrooms can help with everything from immunity to energy to cognition, longevity, your stress response, hormone balancing. The benefits are endless, but the problem is that a lot of people don't really know how to incorporate these into their diets or they'll just go to the store and buy some and they're usually not high quality but also just kind of taste like dirt. But that's why I love Four Somatic, because they make drinking mushrooms and superfoods very delicious and easy to do because they have a full line of mushroom superfood blends, mushroom elixirs and mushroom coffees can buy their tins for at-home use or their single serve packets which are super convenient to carry around i bring them with me everywhere and like i said i drink one to two to three four sigmatic elixirs every single day all you need is some hot water and you just pour the four sigmatic packet in there mix it up and drink it like that you can also mix it in with some nut milk if you want to make it a little more indulgent you can put it into a smoothie a shake or use it in a recipe Check out my Cacao Dream Smoothie Bowl if you are looking for a yummy chocolate smoothie that incorporates superfoods. These are also very high quality, highest quality in the market. They're all tested for pesticides, heavy metals, irradiation, and mycotoxins. And all of their mushrooms are certified organic, well crafted or log grown and they're super effective so they are the most potent product on the market they contain 500 to 1500 milligrams of dual extracted mushrooms per serving one packet is equivalent to 10 to 15 capsules of the mushrooms so very very powerful but to be quite honest i would be drinking these whether or not they had the health benefits uh because they taste so good And the health benefits are just an added bonus, and I really do notice a huge difference for me. So what are the ones I have every single day? Every single evening, I have a cup of reishi. Reishi is our anti-stress mushroom elixir. It's great for stress and sleep. If you have stressful days, if you have trouble winding down, if you have trouble sleeping, I highly recommend checking out the reishi mushroom elixir mix. I just drink it a couple hours before bed and it helps me wind down and it tastes delicious. I also love to add some coconut cream in there or some coconut butter, some cinnamon, a little bit of sea salt. It is delicious. The other ones I like to have every single morning are either the cordyceps or the chaga are generally the two I rotate between in the morning. So cordyceps is great if I feel like I need extra energy. Um, It's really great if you are an athlete. It's an adaptogen, not a stimulant. So it's going to give you steady energy levels rather than a spike and crash like caffeine. Cordyceps helps the body produce its own natural energy. So instead of drinking coffee, I will drink this if I feel like I need more of a pick-me-up. The other one I like to have in the mornings if I'm not having the cordyceps is the chaga, which is really, really high in antioxidants. Chaga is known to support immune function and is called the king of the mushrooms for a reason. I like to amp up my chaga consumption if I feel like I'm around someone who's going to get sick or if I'm traveling and I just want to boost my immunity. This stuff is delicious. And then the other one that I love is lion's mane. If I feel like I really need to focus in the morning, if you are a student or you just work hard and you need to read, write, concentrate, whatever you're doing, um, lion's mane is known to be an all natural cognitive enhancer, really great for memory and concentration Same thing. Just mix it up with some hot water and you're good to go. And then when I'm feeling spicy, I get their mushroom hot cacao mix. Just mix that up with some nut milk or some hot water. It's honestly good with that too. And I love that their hot cacao mix contains reishi. They also have one that contains cordyceps. But for me, cacao makes me a little, you know, amped up. So the reishi helps calm me down. And I mean, who doesn't love hot chocolate? And if you do love coffee, check out their mushroom coffee mixes because they're mixed with either cordyceps and chaga or lion's mane and chaga. So it'll give you that um, coffee, that caffeine that you want, but more of a balanced sense of stimulation because you have the adaptogenic mushrooms to help even you out. A few of my other favorites from Four Sigmatic are their golden latte mix with shiitake and turmeric. They also have a delicious chai latte mix that contains turkey tail and reishi. And their mushroom matcha latte and just their regular mushroom matcha with lion's mane are both delicious. So if you want more of a latte go with the mushroom matcha latte or just straight matcha get the mushroom matcha. It has some ginger in there which is a really nice kick. So delicious. If you want to check out Four Sigmatic's mushroom elixirs and superfood blends, mushroom coffees, and they even have their skincare, which you can eat. Pretty awesome. I love it. It tastes delicious. Honestly, it makes my skin so soft. And they also have chocolate, their mushroom chocolate. I mean, who doesn't want that? Go to foursigmatic.com slash CRW and use my code CRW for 15% off. So again, that's foursigmatic.com slash CRW, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash CRW and my discount code CRW will get you 15% off. So during potato diet experiment, I had water, tea, 4 somatic elixirs, whatever drinks I wanted. I had, as I mentioned before, I ended up having, I think, three total meals that were not potatoes. They were just like veggies and meat because I was out. Um, And other than that, ate sweet potatoes, tried a few days with regular potatoes. That did not pan out well for my stomach. And that's how, how it went. Um, In terms of cooking, people ask me about this. Um, I just baked them. I mean, it, it, when people are talking about the potato diet, they usually recommend like boiling or steaming um I'm just too lazy honestly baking is just faster for me I don't know why you know just boiling potatoes feels like a lot of work even though it's not really I just bake them and people ask you know can you put anything on them nope nope no oil nothing no salt I literally just ate potatoes I would just eat them like an apple you know Honestly, (laughs) what was funny was it reminded me emotionally of when I was doing the carnivore diet experiment where like you start and you feel like you just like walk around and like, I feel like I have a secret. I'm like, no one knows all they eat are potatoes. Um, And when I went to the store, it was actually pretty comical because I had to go to the store a lot and get a lot of potatoes. And at first, you know, I didn't really know how many I'd be eating and I'd just buy bags of potatoes and people would every time ask me, what are you going to do with all these potatoes? And I'd be like, I don't know, maybe I'll make a casserole. Like I didn't really want to get into the fact that I was eating only potatoes because, you know, if you start that kind of story in the grocery store, you're going to be stuck there. So I had to move onward and upward, keep going. So bought quite a few potatoes (laughs) every, every day. I got into a little routine where Basically, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd bake them because I wanted to um, cook them and then put them in the fridge to cool and then eat them the next day. And I know everybody wants to know how many potatoes I was eating. And people get very, you know, upset about this. And they're like, well, how many potatoes eats a, makes a meal? And, like, how many potatoes are you eating? And I honestly do not know how many potatoes... <laughs> I was eating a day. It was all over the place. And here's also the other thing is that potatoes are different sizes. So some potatoes are like the size of my palm. Others are the size of my hand. Others are literally the size of my full arm. All over the place. What I can say though, and I know people want to know about amounts, but remember everyone's different too. And I eat more food in general than most people. Like, I just eat a lot of food. I have a big appetite. um, And I'm not really sure how that translated over to this potato diet. And also, I know, okay, this is super weird, but I eat potatoes in a weird way. So, if I have a really big potato, I really like the ends. (laughs) This is so weird. Um, I really like the ends of potatoes (laughs) better than the middle. I'm sorry. I need to, like, calm myself down for a second i like the ends better than (laughs) the middle so when i make a potato i will like rip off the ends and eat a bunch of ends because they're my favorite part and then later eat the middle so that's all i have left um i don't mean like the skin versus the inside i mean like if you just looked at it as if it was a cylinder imagine the potato like, I eat the ends, like, the two butts of it. And then the center, like, the stomach, I leave for later. Um, I know, I'm really weird. But whatever. So, I was eating a lot of, like, pieces of potatoes um, often. But not always. But if I had to guess, I mean, I was eating at least 15 a day. Like, personally. um, At least 15 and... I'm not really sure how many in terms of pounds, like a bag of potatoes would be like three pounds, I think. So maybe anywhere between like six and 10 pounds, but it was all over the place. So what was really cool about this was like, it's really a true testament to if you can honor your hunger signals, Um, which is why I thought it was fun so the the thing with potato diet is you eat only potatoes and just potatoes and you eat to satiety. So that's what I was doing, and I ate very differently than I usually eat. Usually eat three to four square meals a day. Um, and with the potato diet, I just was honoring my hunger, and like a lot of times, it's also why a lot of times I didn't know how many potatoes I was eating is like I would eat one at a time. Um, so I would like grab one or two potatoes and sit down and eat them and then like check in and be like, do I want another one? Do I not? And so let's say I did, I would get up and get another one and eat another one and say, okay, do I want more? And I would just kind of go that way to, cause I don't know. I don't know how many potatoes is a meal. I don't know. I'm just going off my hunger signals. And there would be some days where, I was ravenous and I was eating just so many potatoes so it felt like endless potatoes. And then there would be some days where I was eating less and I wasn't as hungry. Like and then my eating was more sporadic. Like there would be a couple days where I'd go to have breakfast and I'd eat one potato and I was like, Okay, I'm full And then like an hour later I'd be hungry again so I'd eat another potato and then two hours later I'd be hungry so I'd eat three. And then maybe one later, like it was all over the place. And then there were some days where I woke up and I would sit down and be like, wow, I'm eating five potatoes right now. And then I would last, um, a few hours and then I would go have more potatoes. So it was truly all over the place. It really just depended how hungry I was that day, what I was up to, my mood, my body transitioning. So yeah, that was kind of the deal with what I ate. And I ended up, once I went back to, um, Sweet potatoes, I felt fine again and focused on those. Also, pro tip, my friend Rachel Barber, who has been on this podcast, taught me this. So if you cube potatoes, you bake them and you like bake them until they're like caramelized, you know, like a long time, and then cool them and freeze them. And then you eat them frozen. They taste like crack. They are so good. So pro tip there with the potatoes. And then someone sent in a question and they wanted to know, <clears throat> do I eat the potatoes cold or hot? Both. Plain or with seasoning, salt, oil, etc. Does reheating cooked and cooled potatoes affect the resistant starch? Okay. So I ate them like mostly cold, but when I cooked a big batch, I would sometimes have a couple that were just <laughs> fresh out of the oven just to get that. But I actually prefer them cold, honestly. So... Mostly cold, but a couple fresh because it's like, you know, when you cook a fresh, you bake a potato, especially a sweet potato and it's all like caramelized and nice. And I'm just like, I can't skip that. Right. Um, and again, plain, no seasonings, no salt, no oil, nothing. Um, and what I was doing though, because I wasn't getting any salt, like I wasn't putting on the potato because the reason I didn't want to do that was because I was like sticking to the rules with the palatability just to see what my results were with that. Um, but I, in the morning, um, I just up my salt intake because I always put salt in my hot, like I'll have warm water in the morning with ACV in it and I put salt in there. So I just started putting more salt in there and then drinking Salt in my water during the day just for the electrolytes. Um, and salt has really important vitamins and minerals. So needed those, is in my opinion. Um, okay, and I'll get to the resistant starch issue in a second. Okay, so let's talk about like how I felt during this whole thing and get into more of that. First of all, I was very um, shocked. Well, okay, first of all, the transition... Into potato diet was very easy and seamless for me. Unlike, well, with carnivore, it was pretty easy as well because I was already so low carb and like keto adapted. But as I talked about on my carnivore podcast, I had a day where I felt a little weird and I was getting like the protein sweats and my body was definitely adjusting and then everything was smooth sailing. I think for me in particular, it's easier for my body to adjust to these different, um, experiments versus other people. Um, potato diet. I didn't have any like adjustment days. Like some people will talk about they have headaches the first day and blah, blah, blah. I I didn't have any of that. I think because I already eat such a healthy diet. And, um, I also wasn't A lot of people when they do this will just spontaneously decrease their calories by like a lot because a lot of people will just eat like six potatoes in the day and they have these symptoms and I'm like, yeah, because you're eating like hardly any calories from that. Um, But there were definitely days, I'm sure I was lower in calories someday, but some days I was definitely higher in calories. So I think overall... Just because I was eating – it was so – like, there would be some days where I swear I ate, like, 30 potatoes. Um, and other days where I was eating, like, closer to, like, I don't know, 15 to 20. I don't know. But I just wasn't really decreasing my calories like that. Um, I don't think it, overall I decreased them at all. I think a lot of days I was – by the end, I was definitely eating more calories than I'm used to Um, probably because – well, we'll get to that in a second with the satiety, but here we go. So at the beginning, I felt really, really good. Um, And what was odd, and I talked to the ladies in my, my program about this is like, I felt the same way I felt when I, when I'm in ketosis, like the first few days. And I told my friend this at the time, I was like, I feel like I'm in ketosis. Like my mood is super elevated. My brain is so sharp and I get so much done so much mental clarity. Um, just like my mental health was just great. Um, I just felt like I was on fire and it was super weird, but I ended up checking my ketones and like it wasn't in ketosis. Um, very odd, but I I started researching this more. To be honest, I dove, I've, I got into a lot of very obscure research and I started researching potato diet, but not potato diet, but just like this low-fat, high-carb conundrum, and it is far too much for me to get into in this podcast, but I have a full blog post that I posted at this time. It should have been up the week before when this is published. Um, a blog post all about like the secret history of the benefits of a low-fat, high-carb diet and what that really means because I found There's all this research that's been done and so many things that are hidden behind paywalls and like research that's just been locked away by different universities and things no one's talking about, about the benefits of a low-fat, really high-carb diet and how it's improved every – I mean, helped people lose weight, but like um, improved insulin sensitivity, literally reversing diabetes, and improved um, rates of cancer and cardiovascular disease – skin conditions, all of these different health issues, um, really, really fascinating, and this is honestly one of my favorite blog posts I've ever written, because it's so, it was so, like, eye-opening, and the, the information I found, I was floored, and I'm never floored by research, but all this research from, like, early, like, mid, early, mid-1900s that has been locked away, and, like, it was, like, I mean, the gist of it, basically, you need to read my blog post to to get the whole thing because I just can't even with this. But the gist of it is basically that there have been a number of physicians who ran studies where people were put on really high carb, low fat diets. And the issue and, and, and on those diets, their health improved remarkably. And the issue is that Most of the studies or the data we have about low-fat diets that we've been demonizing. Because this is what happened. It was like low-fat diets were a thing when, you know, after Ancel Keys was like, oh, it's causing heart disease. So now everyone goes low-fat. And then we get all these health issues. And now we're all like, you guys, healthy fats are great. Um, It's actually the carbs and the sugar that's the issue. And let's eat more animal protein and eat more fat and like keto is the way and now carbs have become demonized and (sighs) why do we always got to find a macro to demonize? That's my question. Why can't we just chill? Why can't we just chill? Different things can work for different people at different times, different ways, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, and then you look at all these different populations, um, that have thrived off of a wide variety of macronutrient ratios. And there have been plenty of populations that have thrived off of high carb, low fat diets. The same way there have been plenty of populations that have thrived off of ketogenic, really high fat, low carb diets. Variation, bio-individuality. Hello. Okay. But the difference here is that the low fat diet of like the late 1900s and like what all of our research now that we're looking at and saying, okay, this is causing health issues. It's about usually like a 20 to 30% fat diet. And this is a higher fat diet than what most of these traditional populations ate. So basically the idea is that the body shifts into a unique metabolic state at either end of the Fat intake spectrum. When you are super low on carbs, really high in fat, ketogenic approach, you know your body shifts metabolically, and you get all these health benefits, brain benefits, um, insulin sensitivity, yada yada. On the opposite end of the spectrum, once you're like at or below around ten percent of fat, maybe like maybe like ten to twelve or ten to fourteen, below that something it seems like a different something similar happens like you're not in ketosis it's like the opposite of ketosis but like in in carb land and I heard um someone someone called it um carbosis (laughs) like we there's no name for it but no one really eats like that so people usually on their low-fat diets are eating like 20 to 30 percent and this whole like in-between stream of like between like 20 percent to like 65% 65% fat when you're right in the middle, If you have no prior health issues or anything, you know, you're fine. If you feel good on it, you feel good on it. But for people who like need to improve their health, they're like looking for that unique metabolic shift, um, do best and get the results on either end of the spectrum. But Most people aren't going that low fat. They're going like to 20 or 30% fat, which is not low enough in fat and high enough in carbs to get that benefit. And so part of the theory that I have is that that's part of why one of the many reasons why the potato diet is so interesting and gets people such great results is because it's so low fat, like it's, it's under that 10% threshold. You're mostly carbohydrate. And is it, is it a function of like being super high carb or super low fat? Um, I would say based on that research, really like below being below that fat threshold, but then. The carbohydrate intake has a whole unique set of benefits, whether it be um, with reproductive health, um, serotonin production, yada, yada. But just in terms of this theory, th- that seems to be like, ugh, God, it's so interesting to me. Like all these things where we're saying like low fat is so bad, is it that we? it's not low enough fat? And this is where it comes back to like different ways of eating can work for different people. And maybe this is why people get such great results when they're like, super vegan and like no fat really high carb and like but maybe this is explanation for why that can work for certain people over a certain period of time it just seems like something unique happens metabolically when you're at completely opposite ends of the spectrum and there's so much research and data to support this people going on like unhealthy diets and improving their health dramatically like people living off of rice and sugar like cane sugar and um reversing all of their health issues and losing hundreds of pounds of weight and um getting off their diabetes medication and it's just crazy and I encourage you to check out my blog post if you want to learn more about that. And in terms of more about like why the potato diet is great for people overall. I say like is great as in like it it seems to work well for a lot of people. Why is this? Um some people who are just doing this to lose weight it just makes them eat less overall. So, the boiled potatoes are the most satiating food. Like, they have done tests on these. They have um, tested the satiety of a ton of common foods. And potatoes are just the highest baked potatoes. And it has something to do with, like, you know, they're they're, they're palatable, but they just send a signal to your brain, like, I'm done. And they have done tests showing that test subjects will wait longer to eat and they'll consume less um when they eat potatoes compared to when they eat any other food. And when potatoes are part of any meal, test subjects will spontaneously eat less than if they don't have the potatoes in their meal. So basically, if someone eats mashed potatoes with their steak, they're more likely to eat less steak and less calories overall than someone who doesn't have the potatoes and is eating a ton of steak to try and fill up. Um, So you're going to eat less calories. This being said, there's so much that goes on when your macronutrients are shifted, where sometimes, even if you're eating more calories, metabolically, it's different in the body, because depending on what you're eating, if your protein is high, that has a higher thermic effect in the body. I mean, there's just so many different variables that go into this. My brain feels like it's going to explode, because... I've been thinking about this so much, um, I just think it's fascinating, but also, when people shift over to the potato diet, they lose a lot of weight really quickly, and, like, why is that? I mean, you're gonna, you're probably eating less calories, most people are eating boiled potatoes, but also, you're mostly gonna lose a lot of water weight, which is interesting. So, let's think about low-carb diets for a second. Why do a lot of people lose weight on low-carb diets? Um... Because you've depleted your glycogen stores. And muscle and liver glycogen, which is a storage form of carbohydrates, is bound up with water in the body. So when you restrict carbs, glycogen depletes and you release water. This is why a lot of people on low-carb diets will just drop a ton of weight the first few weeks that they switch to low-carb. But glycogen depletion is actually a function of lower food intake than your energy output. So regardless of macronutrient ratios, you can deplete glycogen... In other ways, you can deplete glycogen by exercising for a really long time with little to no carbs. You can deplete glycogen by just eating a lot less than you expend in energy chronically, like in starvation. And you can deplete glycogen by eating less carbs than your body needs to store glycogen or sustain glycogen. So if someone is chronically under eating, um, which they might be if they are switching to a potato diet off of a higher calorie diet and they're just spontaneously reducing their calories, then this could deplete glycogen despite the fact that it's high carb. Because again, there are multiple ways to deplete your glycogen stores. It's also really interesting to c- compare this to uh, ketosis. So ketones can be produced under a variety of conditions. It can be, you could produce ketones if you um, are dieting and restricting your calories you can produce ketones when you are fasting for a long time, um, starvation, and really intense exercise or long, moderate exercise, um, or carbohydrate restriction. Ketosis is a starvation adaptation, which I think a lot of people forget, versus making fat from carbohydrates is an abundance adaptation so your calories have to be in abundance and carbs have to be the main source of your calories to gain fat from carbohydrates and the thing about ketosis is like technically if your calorie intake is low enough for a long enough period of time you could technically be in ketosis on a pure sugar diet because ketosis is measured by the ketones ketones we can we can measure this um so if someone's eating super low calorie even if it's pure sugar um and this is a starvation like it it simulates a starvation response then your body might start registering ketones which is why you know people say oh this is keto or it's not well what's keto for one person might be not keto for another but that's another topic and i bring this up because it's like when i was saying i felt like i was in ketosis Honestly, at the beginning, I I might have been – I don't know. I didn't test my ketones until later, um, at which time I wasn't feeling as, like, you know, on top of the world. But just the fact that, like, technically somebody could be in ketosis on the potato diet if you really consider all this. Because I mean, ketones are a byproduct of burning fat storage, not necessarily dietary fat. Like, if, if you're not eating any fat, then it has to – you have to be burning your body fat. um. Whereas some people will be eating a traditional ketogenic diet and their ketones are really high so they feel proud of themselves, which whatever, but just because they're eating a ton of fat. So you could argue that if you're in ketosis, eating a high carb diet, you're real that's when you're actually burning body fat because you know for sure if you're eating low fat, it's not coming from your, your diet, it's coming from your body. Okay, but anyways, let's get into this... Um resistant starch situation because this is i feel like the true power of the potato diet resistant starch you get from cooked and then cooled potatoes um resistant starch is a type of starch that's not digested in the stomach or the small intestine it's going to reach your colon intact and resist digestion so we don't see any spikes in blood glucose or insulin after eating resistant starch so you actually don't get that many calories from resistant starch resistant starch is going to stimulate the good bacteria in the intestines so you have a nice and healthy balance of bacteria in your gut. And then the good bacteria in your gut can feed on that resistant starch and produce short chain fatty acids like acetate and butyrate. And we know a lot about butyrate in particular. It's the energy source of the cells in the colon. It can help to increase your metabolism, decrease inflammation, improve stress resistance. And it really just has really great effects on the colon overall and overall health. In general, the resistant starch is known to help, you know, with lowered blood insulin spikes after meals, you have lower appetite. The more resistant starch you have in your diet, um it's been connected with decreased fat storage and preservation of your lean body mass. So lots of benefits. And then to answer people's questions, yeah, so you you cook it, you cool it for 24 hours, um and you can reheat it. It's best to do that at a lower temperature, um but you can reheat it if you want. It'll still have resistant starch. So obviously I didn't really get the resistant starch benefits because sweet potatoes are very different and are not going to have that high resistant starch. Um, white potatoes are different than sweet potatoes in a number of ways. white potatoes have more protein and fiber in them as well. So slightly, you know, different, but again, I was just trying to do the general idea and also just, there's this whole idea with satiation, like just potatoes are really satiating and the idea of just eating one food at a time and how that affects, you know, your satiety levels. So that's why it was interesting for me to just stick with sweet potatoes too. And it's honestly same general thing, but let me just quickly roll over how I felt. So at the beginning, I honestly felt amazing. I felt, um, I felt like I was in ketosis. It was so weird. My brain was really clear. I had a ton of energy. Um, I wasn't bloated at all. Bells were good. Everything was great. And a really easy transition. It felt natural. It felt easy. I loved the fact that I cooked a ton at once. Um, and then I didn't have to think about meals or food. It was, I mean, I was, I looked forward to all of my meals because they're delicious because who doesn't like sweet potatoes? It was also super easy for travel. I just got a ton of potatoes. It was easy at the grocery store. I was in and out. I knew exactly what I was doing. And that's also what I loved about carnivore, honestly, was like just the ease and you know what you're eating. You have to think twice. And this happens to me, this happened to me with carnivore and happening to me again, like now that I'm back to eating normal food I just really hate chopping vegetables and like (laughs) I've gotten lazy to be quite honest it makes me lazy when I realize how fast it is and like I don't know it's just simple and I loved it and it was a lot of fun and it was easy it was honestly easy and I think that for me potato diet felt a little easier than carnivore in some ways carnivore wasn't really a struggle for me um but potato diet just was a very seamless transition and like nothing strange happened and like things with carnivore some strange things happened but that also had to do with my cbs mutation and like the fact that i can't detox and i got ammonia toxicity and all these things but potatoes i was pretty much just chilling that being said um i felt really great except for that brief stint with the white potatoes when my stomach was in shambles um you know but uh, but then I went back got back on track with the sweet potatoes, and then, kind of by the end, I started to not feel as good, which is why I was like, I need to stop I during this whole thing was breaking out like and not bad like i don't i never bad but like kind of like bad for me, um because my skin is usually super clear um if you don't know, I used to have really bad acne, and then when i changed my diet and healed my gut, my skin cleared up and i'm used to my skin being very clear. And so whenever i break out i know something has gone awry. <laughs> um and i i i thought it was from traveling at first, but then it wasn't going away and it was also a bit before traveling and i, and I just I, I didn't connect it for a bit and then i realized you know what i've been doing and i'm like it's all the potatoes. like i need protein and fat for my skin to be clear. Um, So, and I just couldn't keep, I just didn't want to keep breaking out. So that needed to stop because of that. And then over time, I also started feeling a little bit more brain foggy. Like at the beginning, I felt great. And then towards the end, I was like, why do I just like feel like I have a headache and I just can't think as clear? Um, So that wasn't going as well. And then digestively. So everything was just kind of, going well at the beginning it was all fine but what's this is what's weird i didn't notice anything problematic digestively except for when i got colonics because so when i started going through parasite um treatment a while back i started getting colonics and right in like the last i had got i got too well i was doing this And both times, I, sorry, if you don't want to know about my colonics, you can fast forward (laughs) two minutes. Um, they made the colonics more like difficult. Like the, like, so it was weird because I didn't notice anything just in my day to day life. I was having regular bowel movements, was not a struggle. It was fine. But with it, with the colonic, it was really messing up my colonics. Um, and like, things were like backed up that I didn't realize. And, and my, the woman who does them, she was like, yeah, I don't think this potato diet is doing your bowels any, any good. And so I was like, okay, this needs to stop for the purpose of my colonics as well. And then uh, let's talk about satiety for a second. So I am honestly just like a very interesting beast when it comes to satiety because I mean, I can literally eat a horse. I can eat anyone I know. I just, I have a huge appetite. Um, and I, at the beginning of it, was feeling pretty satiated and good. Like, I would just eat to my hunger signals. And then by the end, I started to feel like I could eat 100 potatoes and I would still be hungry. Because when my body, like, needs protein or fat, it's like no matter how much I eat, and, and this is true of like really any macro. When you go too low in any macro, this can happen where it's like no matter how much you eat of the other macro, you're still not going to be satiated. And I'm not the type of person. I think a lot of people like when they eat the same thing over and over again, they get sick of it and they're just like, I don't want to eat anymore, even if they're hungry and they just kind of turn that off. I'm not that way. Like if I like <laughs> I just eat all of the potatoes and I'm still hungry and I'm like, well, I'm not sick of the potatoes, but like I'm still not full because my body is searching for some protein or fat. And I was like, um, I like, I need to feel full. Um, so I just felt like, you know, I could just tell that my body needed it. And then I started craving savory foods. And I felt like, I felt like sick to my stomach towards the end about how sweet all my meals were because (laughs) sweet potatoes are so sweet to me. They're like candy. And I was like, I just, I was craving lettuce. And you know, when you're craving lettuce, like (laughs) something is off. Like, hello, I'm craving romaine lettuce. So, yeah, that was definitely a sign it was time. It was time. Um, And I definitely noticed, like, I felt, but, but what's weird is, like, I liked it so much. And then, so kind of now I've been doing this, like, half potato diet, half normal diet. And I'm really, I'm really digging it. It's like some, if I just feel like I just want potatoes, I'll eat a ton of potatoes. And then other meals, I'm like, I want a normal meal and I'll just eat a normal meal. Um, I'm not sure how long I'll I'll do this for. I honestly just have a ton of potatoes left, but I I almost feel like for me just in general, and same with carnivore, like I'm just more of a fan of cycling these things rather than like I'm doing a carnivore diet, I'm doing a potato diet for like an extended period of time. Like I think how my body, my body would actually feel good on. Slash, other people might do well with like cycling in and out. So maybe like certain meals or certain days. Are carnivore or potato, and then you go back to normal eating and cycle in and out that way. I think where I notice problems is if I do too much of one of these things for a long period of time, and then my body starts to like crash and burn, versus like undulating your macros, which I'm just the biggest fan of. Um, Yeah, that's my perspective there. And then just because I wanted to kind of talk about nutritionally because I know people ask me about this, what I think, um, especially with carnivore versus potato. So Andrew talked about this in his podcast. And the reason why the potato diet is so great because potatoes actually contain like a little bit of basically everything you need to survive. Potatoes have potassium, magnesium, iron, copper, manganese, vitamin C, most B vitamins. Um, they, there's about, okay, with protein, they contain about 4 grams of protein per potato. You need, like, 20 potatoes to get, like, enough protein in my eyes. Um, So not heavy on the protein. And then long-term, you'd probably, so, like, I mean, with protein long-term, this could be an issue. Um, And then also could run into issues with only eating potatoes, like this excess potassium you'd have to deal with. Um... And there are also nutrients that potatoes don't have, like vitamin A. But sweet potatoes, thankfully, um, have vitamin A and vitamin E, which is awesome. But a potato-only diet for a long period of time could eventually leave you deficient in things like calcium, zinc, selenium, vitamin A, unless you're doing sweet potatoes, um, riboflavin, vitamin B12. So I see how, you know, it can work It can work for a period of time, but I don't think the potato diet would ever be something I would recommend somebody do for forever um, because you would run into nutrient deficiencies versus carnivore diet. Potentially, my opinion is, well, I don't think it's optimal. Like if I had to pick one or the other, do I want to live off potato diet or off of carnivore diet for the rest of my life? Nutritionally. I would for sure pick carnivore diet because you get everything you need from healthy animal products over the long term versus potatoes over the long term. You would run into nutrient deficiencies. Um, You need some animal protein in your diet to get all your B vitamins in. And that's just my opinion personally. And while I'm saying that technically potatoes have everything you would need to survive, that doesn't necessarily mean optimal health and the other thing is just with hormones you know we need healthy fats to create our hormones cholesterol is the backbone of our hormones and being on a low-fat diet like that forever like if you're just only eating potatoes in an imaginary world where for the rest of your life you're only eating potatoes definitely would cause hormonal issues versus carnivore, you are getting healthy fats and protein, which are necessary for health and survival. Technically, we do not need carbohydrates. Like That's the one macronutrient that technically we don't need to survive. Our bodies can um, use gluconeogenesis for any glucose requirements. But I mean, with both of these, remember, what's What's necessary for survival is different than what is ideal or necessary for optimal health overall long-term. And what might be optimal short-term might not be optimal long-term. There's just a lot of it depends in this in this question. But I mean, I don't think people are meant to survive off of any single food. You know? Um, like getting in a little bit of something else here and there would help so that doesn't mean your diet couldn't be mostly potatoes with like some a little bit of animal products added here and there um that could work but if I'm talking about like if I can only eat one food for forever it's either gonna be ground beef or it's gonna be a white potato for me it would be ground beef nutritionally versus although in terms of how I would feel short term I think I felt better on potato diet. I think that your nutritional bases can be covered for like a long enough period of time where you'll be okay on just potatoes. But for a lifetime, no, you need animal products. Versus carnivore, I think is more nutritionally sound if we're going off of that. The other thing I want to mention, because this definitely played a role for me. um, But, you know, white potatoes are nightshades and some people have issues with nightshades versus you know a lot of people with autoimmune disease feel better on carnivore diet but potatoes if somebody reacts to nightshades this could be an issue so potatoes contain alkaloids specifically solanine and that's a steroid alkaloid that is known as a glycoalkaloid and when an alkaloid is merged with a sugar it could store in the body and release during times of stress and cause damage to the body so people with IBD can be triggered. Heartburn. It can cause joint pain, um, nerve sensitization, and gut issues in general. So there's that to consider as well. So nutritionally, as I'm sitting here comparing like carnivore versus potato diet nutritionally, I think that carnivore is more sound for a long, long term. Um, you're getting everything you need, in my opinion, and but in terms of what did I feel better on like overall in the course of the two weeks potato diet, because I felt like it was like easy, like nothing really changed for me. Um, oh, except this is something else I forgot to say. Yeah. So at the end, digestively, I started to get bloated by the end and like some weird digestive things. Um, it was weird at the end. But at the beginning, I didn't deal with that. It was like the last couple of days. And I was like, what is going on here? So there was that. Um, but I felt like overall, I just felt better on the potato diet versus carnivore. I felt like her really high highs and really low lows. <laughs> I either felt awesome or I was like, I feel like I'm dying. Um, it was confusing. I don't know. I liked carnivore. Still trying to wrap my head around it. But I just felt like because carnivore was just a stronger metabolic shift i could feel it in my body and potato diet was like nothing really changed per se carnivore diet i didn't have any bloating um but like my bowels were like kind of bizarre they're either great or like too far in the other direction um yeah i don't know on my gut it's honestly a toss up between carnivore and potato diet I'm going to say. And then satiety. I this goes back to it's just like I'm a bad judge of this, which is why I thought it was super interesting for me to try it because I've done two of the most quote satiating diets like out there. Everyone says carnivore and like potato diet and like this includes when I was doing just white potatoes like I also had this experience where it's like I still, like, wasn't overly satiated. Um, I think potato diet might have been actually a bit more satiating for me until the end when my body was like, I need protein, I need fat. Um, But I think at the beginning, I mean, with carnivore, I didn't really feel like as, I mean, I felt satiated, but I still felt like I could eat more. Potato diet, there's definitely times where I'm like, wow, if I ate another potato, I will pass out. Um But overall I don't really think either of them made me feel like so satiated. Like my stomach is just a bottomless pit. So if you have a paleo food eating competition, please enter me because I will win always. Okay, so this is my in depth review of the potato diet. Um, also versus carnivore. I hope you found this interesting and I'm sure I answered everyone's questions in there. It's been so interesting for me just, like, doing all this research on, like, low-fat diets. Um, also been cool for me to figure out things that work over my own body. I think in terms of digestion, I've definitely learned that my body, um, I feel like it's the insoluble fiber that messes my digestion up, which is very sad, and I should probably eat less of it. But knowing me, I probably won't <laughs> because I like it. Um My body seems to do really well on just potatoes and on just meat. So digestively, these are probably the best options for me. Some soluble fiber and some uh, meat. But, you know, I love cauliflower, so we'll see. And I also think I just do really well with, like, when I'm paying attention to food combining. So I do really well with mono meals. Maybe I'll start doing, like, a meat meal a day and then a potato meal a day. Who knows? I mean maybe I should be that should be my next experiment but um food combining is for sure a thing for me and it has been interesting you know so I think I do best when I keep my starches away actually from my fats more so than from the proteins which is different than most people think but I'll see what I do moving forward and I also learned that Really high carb and no fat, no protein makes me break out, which I do not like. Or maybe it was just all the vitamin A for the sweet potatoes. Who knows? And w- when I do one thing for too long, my body rebels. So that's that's it. But just to be clear, I thoroughly enjoyed both of my experiments on carnivore and the potato diet. And I would totally do them again. I'd probably just do it in like shorter, a shorter time frame, not a full two weeks. Cycle it in. But overall, I feel like I had a good experience on both. I just wouldn't live either way as my long-term lifestyle. So I hope you enjoyed this. You guys, you know, it was a little long, but I wanted to get in all my thoughts and I'm fascinated by it. And make sure you check out my blog post if you want to learn more about this secret history of low-fat diets because it is very interesting in my opinion. If you enjoyed this, please leave a rating interview on iTunes. It helps me out a ton, and I would love it if you joined our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. You can talk about this episode in there. Um, I mean, I won't be here this week, but I'll be back, and can't wait to hear your feedback then. So I hope you're enjoying this. Here's me while while I'm gone. I'll be back soon, though. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and I will talk to you again next episode. Bye.